Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Murrow County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Sheriff Todd Baxter, behind the badge, Monroe County Sheriff's Office here in Rochester, New York, just trying to share a little bit more about who we are and what we do, the people that make us tick as a, a law enforcement agency, but also uh, uh, what we do and some of the functions that we have in, in our society. And we often invite guests on that uh, are doing the work, but also that support us from outside the, uh, the agency. And we're going to share a couple of those people today as we talk about Executive Order 203, uh, reimagining law enforcement here in New York State, uh, an edict that came out of Albany. Uh, shortly after the passing of Mr. Floyd and, and gave us some direction of, of what we should be doing to make ourselves a better community-based law enforcement agency. That's what today's show is on, but uh, I do have a guest host with me, Chief Deputy Michael Fowler, who is the man behind the music of the intro. The intro is by Tommy Burnett, and that, that deep voice that you always hear every week is, is uh, my co-host. So, Chief Fowler, good to have you here. Outstanding, Sheriff. Thanks for uh, letting me be here, and I just got to tell you what a pleasure it is to be on that opening segment every week. That uh, that really makes me proud, and that's going to go on my shadow box someday. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to print that out. We're going to print it. So, between yeah. you and Tommy Burnett, you could do a little band thing here oh I, I might have a gig after yeah. work that's that's nice as chief patterson called it the banjo music and then yeah your voice behind it is quite a duel that works good so i have a face for radio <laughs> <laughs> and uh we got a couple guests that we want to share with you today uh and, and and as we work through uh implementation of executive order 203 and and uh myself and the chief deputy were talking man this is a huge huge lift and we we could try and muddle through it and steal some other people's good ideas and go through the process uh, but the process was over 200 pages long of guidance that came out of Albany. Two months after the implementation of this executive order, they finally gave us guidance after about 60 days into it. Uh, but we decided we needed a, a cog in the wheel. We needed a, we needed a coordinator. We needed someone to really run it. And uh, it, the chief deputy didn't hesitate much when he when he said, "I got a I got a person in mind." And that person, uh, Deputy Amanda Hanlon, uh, was the person that we recruited, drafted. I don't know what term do you put on chief? Because all yeah. of a sudden she showed up with a smile on her face. Saying, I could do this. There was definitely a little bit of draft process uh, taking place there. Uh, her. Uh, her platoon did not want to let her go. Mm -hmm. uh, they very much enjoy working with her, and she does a great job. But uh, her supervisors, her lieutenant, her command staff, they all said that uh, we don't want to lose her, but this is definitely the right person for the job, and we, we hit a home run with that one. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun to watch. So, Deputy, how are you? Good, sir. How Good? Are you? Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself personally before we get too much into uh, Executive Order 203. Who are you? Sure. Uh, and, and what's your bunny's name, by the way? Uh, Snickers. Snickers, okay. Yeah, Just thought we'd Snickers. put that on the record Ooh. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> There's the laugh. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yep, we're here um, for it. <laughs> I uh, just hit four years over the sheriff's office uh, in September. So um, I live on the west side. I've you go. born and bred west side, yeah. Chile, going strong. Churchville um, or uh, Wheaton? North Chile. North Chile? Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Aquinas for oh. high school. Oh, AQ, okay, I gotcha. A AQ. All right. Um, went to Aquinas, and then I went to uh, Roberts Westland, actually, for my bachelor's degree. And then I went to Nazareth College for my master's degree. And uh, quite the journey for me to get here at the sheriff's office. I always wanted to be a police officer when I was a little girl growing up. Mm -hmm. um, 
but uh, just I just didn't do that first. I did all my education first. I spent some time at Wegmans, and then at University of Rochester in Human Resources, and uh, landed here. So it's great. So obviously, the chief deputy mentioned how much uh, people enjoy working with you and your skill set as a deputy working on the road patrol. But uh, so you tell me the riddle. Uh, what, what? Why do we pull you up here? Why? What? What do you enjoy about this type? Because obviously, you enjoy what you're doing. The assignment we give you. This is not police work. We asked you to do something totally different. Uh, but you, you jumped in with both feet, the, the amount of information you're able to gather, the people you're able to get work done through them by delegating as a deputy, a young deputy, uh, is pretty amazing too. So, so what skill sets do you bring to the table? Why, why did everybody point fingers at you? What? So I do, I communicate a lot. I'm social, very yeah. social. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I like to take on a challenge, and this is a huge challenge. Um, so this is part of who we are and what we do every day so yeah. I actually get to have input on that and I get to help and this is awesome getting to figure out what all the facets are what makes this department run and I think those are the the challenging aspects and that lines right up with what I'm doing in here is directly correlates with what we're doing outside on the road it's on the ground yeah. yeah and it's great to have that four-year experience perspective that someone's actually pushing a, a beat car Yep. And, and giving us some input as opposed to the people at the upper end trying to make all the decisions. It's great. So, Deputy, you've been in this, uh, in this assignment now for, uh, for how long? So, we, end of August, so about. Yeah. A couple months, right? Yep. A couple good solid months. Give us a little uh, feedback on what was your first impression uh, on this project. Uh, I'd also like to hear, you know, what's your perception of how close we are to achieving our goal? So my first reaction when I reviewed that New York State book of guidelines and the expectations of Governor Cuomo, uh, my, first, my first thought was we're in good shape. We're, we're a great department. We do things the right way. Uh, we have excellent deputies out there representing us every single day, responding to 911 calls um, in every bureau, jail, court, civil. So I felt super confident actually reading what we had to go through. We just have to... Uh, explain that and educate the public and give New York State that knowledge that we're here, we're ready, we already have everything set and in place, and of course there's always areas of opportunity so we can grow from that and we can use input from the community, from right. the people inside our organization so we can create a plan moving forward and reimagine what our policing is going to be. Um, where we're at right now, I think we're in very good shape. I think we've reached out to um, plenty of members in the community. We've reached out to internal deputies. Uh, everybody, it feels like everybody has had some sort of involvement with this entire project from this point, or at this point. So moving forward, we're just gonna be doing more and, uh, and making it better. Yeah, we a couple of big ticket items coming forward too with this, uh, you know, the community input's huge. Uh, understanding what we don't know. Uh, we have some briefings we got to do to legislators. We got to get the, the legislation uh, passed right, to continue on by April 1st. Uh, so th there's still more work to be done, but you know, as I look at your plan you put together in two short months uh, and really put a sense of direction and, and a task list that we can accomplish with good timelines, it just gives you the confidence as a sheriff that uh, anybody that asked me about is Executive Order 203, I may not be the expert like you are, but I, I do have experts that are doing it, and that just gives me a lot of confidence when I'm out there talking to public uh, officials, and they're saying, uh, you know, I see all these other things going on, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we are doing so much, let me tell you, and I just give them a glimpse of what you've been doing. Uh, and, we're, and we're light years ahead, like you said. 
and uh, so I appreciate that. We also know what we don't know. I think that's one of our strengths is, is we, we know what we don't know, and, and uh, we're, we're cops. We're, we're very good at being police officers, but sometimes we're not HR officials, right, or sometimes we're not lawyers. And so we reach out. I have no problem reaching out and asking people for help, and, and uh, I don't know who invited uh, Mr. Glenn Granahan, but uh, we, we Snickers. reached out. Snickers, Snickers did. Snickers, the, <laughs> the brilliant <laughs> bunny, brought yeah. uh, Glenn Granahan. But, uh, you know, we, we partner with institutions like Roberts Wesleyan College and, and, and say, and help us, and, and vice versa. How can we help you? And that's the perfect marriage we did with Glenn. So maybe, uh, Chief, you want to just explain this uh, relationship and introduce Glenn to Yeah, this is, uh, Sheriff, this is a, a great opportunity for us. And as you mentioned, we really do need to uh, expand our availability of expertise and information and and what you know we don't know what we don't know so uh, Glenn actually reached out to me uh, he's been uh, he's a retired member of the sheriff's office and we've worked together in the past and and uh, many different roles and uh, he reached out and approached the topic of, of partnering with the sheriff's office and uh, uh, it's mutually beneficial relationship that, uh, and it's a long-term type thing. Uh, you know, Glenn has a whole bunch of ideas, and I'm going to let him uh, explain. But j it just took a few minutes of conversation, and we recognized the importance that this would have to our progress. Not just trying to meet Executive Order 203. I mean, look, we're we are a, a strong department. We're rich in tradition. We have very strong core values. We're a value-based organization. And we're making a, a strong push to, to share that with the community and with the deputies and to, sh to be able to show all the progress we've made. Uh, so this is not just about Executive Order 203. It's about building a long foundation, a long-lasting foundation of good police work and good community engagement, providing the best service that we possibly can to the public. So, you know, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Glenn, and I'm going to let him share these these opportunities that that he brings to the table and we're really excited about uh moving forward with this so again i'm going to introduce professor glenn grana retired member of the sheriff's office and current professor at roberts wesley thank you chief sheriff thank you for having me on Absolutely the podcast so the one word that came to mind uh before i go into my background and you know what i wanted to bring to the table for this project was sustainability um, sustainability in terms of as the chief spoke it's not just a project to fix a problem of today it's a project to create a sustainable strategic solution and being in academia now sh has shown me that in order to create a sustainable academic solution research uh, has to be an important part of the foundation of that and the research will either support or it will dismiss uh, certain topics and will point you in the direction that you need to go in. So a little bit about myself. I was I retired from the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in 2005. Uh, I came out in 1983. I am the dinosaur at the table. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of evolution, uh, reform, and, and Amanda and I have talked about this, police reform really is not, although it is the word of the day, Police reform has always been around. It was mostly in my career. And I was in part of evolutionary periods of, of reform. I was part of the generation that had the car computer first mm -hmm. put into the car. And that, in and of itself, was the evolution of tech being introduced to law enforcement. Um, I spent 10 years total of my career in narcotics, so I was part of the evolutionary process of the drug task force. First it was uh, Mr. New, as they called it, Monroe mm -hmm. Rochester Narcotics Unit. 
uh, and then it, that transitions into the current uh, granite as we see it. So evolution is an important part because with evolution comes change and with change comes uh, positive change. So in my career, in my role at Roberts, I am a assistant professor full-time in the criminal justice department, and I'm also director of the Homeland Security and Applied Intelligence uh, degree program. So our students have an opportunity to learn multifaceted uh, disciplines uh, within the career field of law enforcement and intelligence. In June, um, I came up with the idea to create a research project uh, to address police reform. Uh, but the problem I had at first was I needed to define what was police reform. Mm -hmm. It was uh, painted with a broad brush to the community. You know, we need to reform the police, and then it was left there. But having served 22 years in law enforcement, I was used to that because a lot of times directives come down from the top, we need change, make it so. So I looked at police reform, and I looked at what was causing the debate and what was causing the conversation. And I saw that it really directly related to um, the response to mental health and persons in crisis. And I saw that all the current situations that were um, bringing law enforcement into the negative aspects of the conversation were law enforcement's uh, being um, responding to uh, persons in crisis and uh, sometimes the unfortunate outcome of those responses. So I saw mental health and I saw social services as a means to uh, identify potential solutions to reform. And from that June idea that I planted into my head uh, grew this um, multifaceted cross-disciplinary idea uh, to work with the schools of criminal justice, social work, and psychology on bringing together the practitioners of each to try to train at least the students of tomorrow so they can come out academically prepared to work in this cross-disciplinary field that I believe is part of the strategic response that you may want to go in, Sheriff. Um, so that's pretty much where I'm standing. Yeah, and I, I like how it comes together. The timing couldn't be more perfect, right? So we have Executive Order 203, which is 200 pages long of guidance that we have to meet by April 1st. Uh, and there's a whole lot of check marks that we got to meet in that. And then, you know, looking well beyond that, but also developing uh, research-based solutions, not just opinion polls. You know, you, you go back to your research module, model that we all took in college, and, and the first thing you do is identify the problem, right, truly. What's the truly the problem statement? You guys seem to grasp it really well. It, you know, it's mental health crises, it's, it's, it's poverty, it's all these social uh, ills that are occurring and law enforcement being thrusted into those 24 hours a day and, and that's not good. There, there might be other ways to solve some of those problems in our society besides police officers and, and that's an open wide open conversation but we got to study that. You can't just say rhetoric right. You can't just throw out defund police or things like that. You got to actually study and see how we improve that and then brilliant bringing in criminal justice psychology, sociology, and, and bringing the studies together and saying how do we how do we come up with a comprehensive thing that we can roadmap and use here possibly at the sheriff's office. And then the other thing, you know, I always like win-wins. You guys are getting some, you can help develop a program around this for, for the future, our future leaders in law enforcement. I think it's a brilliant idea and it's a, it's a great marriage that we put together here, in particular helping us out with Executive Order 203, being smarter about that, not just checking boxes, but uh, long-term solutions to real world problems. Uh, so that's that's the introduction. That was a pretty good introduction of who you are, but you missed out one very important part. So your medals, how many medals do you earn with the Sheriff's Office? Do you recall? I mean, you get a life saving Award, you get an excellent police service awards. Um, yeah, you earned a few medals, right? Well, back in the day, yeah, the day? back in the day, medals were, okay. there were no medals. There uh, were letters. You just did your job. There were letters. Yeah. But yeah, I was basically told every time something good happened, um, I wrote.
wrote a lot of criminal investigation, a wiretap, or mm-hmm. in the federal system called Title Threes. Um, and back in the day, a successful uh, wiretap organized crime investigation uh, would be met with a handshake and you did your job well. Attaboy, and yeah, they were right. an attaboy, and yeah, it was appreciative. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so that, I was satisfied with that. I, I, I understand it, but do you, you got any ribs? You know, do you own any ribs? Any, <laughs> I, mean, I do own a rib, let's, yes. let's be, this is a transparent. All right, I do let's, own a rib. You do own a rib. So let's oh, yeah. go back in time, all right? Let's, let's get <laughs> Seems in. like such a nice guy. I write title let's, threes. I, uh, you know, <laughs> all right, Sheriff. I'm an academia now. I, I, yeah, I still got the pain right let's here. Let's get in the DeLorean and go back in time. Let's go. The, uh, the sheriff and I, uh, we've cross-trained together many times. When I was in narcotics, we did tactical warrant schools. Yeah. I went to several of them. Uh, the sheriff uh, was on the SWAT team for the RPD then. Uh, I was also on the hostage team for MCSO, so we did, did stuff. A lot after, of yes, together. we did a lot of training. And uh, there was one incident where... That's um, describe it. Well, I was, I was told by the role player to make the uh, role play... Uh, Realistic. realistic and unfortunately a knee strike met the sheriff's rib and cracked it but from what i understand you yeah. were able to repel like the day later down an elevator shaft is this true this is true too but uh and then i spent a lot of time crying like a baby <laughs> glass ribs sure. glass rib. sure? yeah no he can, he's got a good knee oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. i'm giving credit to the knee it's not my ribs <laughs> yeah that's awesome so that it's great to have you with us it's, it's i know we're joking a little bit now but it's great to have your skill set and and in roberts and and research uh behind Amanda and what she's trying to do with, you know, making sure we're hitting the, the benchmarks of this executive order 203 and, and also sharing what we do well, but being smart enough that we can learn some stuff. And, and so a great team that we have going so far in this executive order 203. So good marriage. I love it. Thank you. Chief. Yeah. So Glenn, I want to ask you a question here. Um, you know, you had a very successful career in law enforcement and now you, you turn to academia and you have a big hand in guiding and creating the next generation of deputies and police officers. Uh, if you had any, you know, seeing what's going on today and where things used to be and, and the direction we're headed with this with this work that we're doing, what kind of advice would you give those candidates that are really interested in a law enforcement career and, and where do you think this is going to take us? What, what I tell my students, uh, both my intelligence students and the CJ students that I teach, is that Always, you have to follow the facts of what you're being presented because the facts will lead you down the road to truth. And unfortunately, there's a lot of rhetoric that goes along with the facts. So for them to be, to be professional about um, their approach, they have to ignore um, the, the rhetoric. They have to check egos at the door. And they have to just follow the facts where, take the, the, where the facts take them. And what I mean by that is today's policing is, um, I consider it defensive policing, unfortunately. Uh, whereas in my generation, um, police officers were still looked as, you know, looked upon in general, holistically, um, as the good guys um, and women, I apologize. <laughs> um, but again, there's always evolution in law enforcement and you can't take to heart um, labeling. You just can't. You have to understand that that oath, always go back to your oath. The oath means everything. You're there to serve. You're there to protect. You're there to um, reduce victimization. Um, you're there. You truly are what's considered the guardian of, the, of society. So my only 
I have a lot of advice that I give my students, but for someone who's listening that is not a student and wants to enter the field of law enforcement, uh, I say educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Educate yourself on every topic and do not let social media, and I implore this to my students, do not let social media become your voice. Do not let social media sway you in a direction that they want you to go in. That's where I say follow the facts. If someone puts a story out there, the facts will tell you the truth. And so for anyone who wants to enter law enforcement, it's education, uh, it's persistence, be persistent, uh, because it, it is still a job in high demand, regardless what the statistics say, I still believe this is a job in high demand. Be persistent, um, remain true to your ethical system, remain true to your integrity, and uh, you will find the career is fulfilling for you as it was for me. Yeah, it's a phenomenal career, it's, it's utterly incredible. Deputy Hanlon, not you know, you mentioned you, you went through a lot of process uh, before you became a deputy. Uh, worked HR, I didn't know that. For for Strong, did you say? Or? Yes, University Register. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, those are skill sets. As, as we mentioned earlier, you know, with, with this research project, you know, bringing psychology and sociology and law enforcement, criminal justice together, brilliant. And and when I go to hire deputies, I'm, I'm not, don't tell my friends over at the Criminal Justice Institute or anybody, but a, a CRJ, a criminal justice degree, really doesn't mean that much to me anymore because we're going to pay people to learn that, right? And, I just lost a lot of friends at the college, but I'm looking for a sociology degree. I'm looking for a psychology. I'm looking for an IT degree. I'm looking for an accountant degree. You know, bring me skills that we don't normally have in law enforcement. So, you know, just doing that experience stuff that you had before you became a deputy, I'm sure it makes you that much more better at your job because you run across those things on jobs, right? And, and like, hey, I have a little experience in that world. I do. I do. And whenever I have young younger folks coming up and saying, you know, how do I get into this job? How do I get in this field? I tell them it's okay not to have to get this job right out of college. Having their life experience, mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I know I got in a little bit later than the typical person, but it was it was so worth it. What I learned through education, what I learned at all these uh, previous organizations mm -hmm. is fantastic. I've had my hands in so many different things and that helps when I go respond to calls because we have to wear all these different hats every right. single time. So I, and I encourage folks to, to continue their education and criminal justice isn't the end. It's, right. the, it's not the only degree. Yeah. Having a, a leadership degree, my master, that was the best degree to ever get because leadership touches on everything. Yeah. So that's, it's a fantastic uh, option and it's, I, w I wouldn't trade for the world. It was the best thing I ever did. And at the time, I was a little frustrated because I'm like, oh, I got 20 years of this. I'm getting older. But it's okay. It's good. I'm ready for it. And goes it, was, by fast. it was worth it. Yep. Yeah, it goes by real fast. It's mm -hmm. incredible. 30-some years. I stopped counting after 30. I was like, uh, there's 30-some. Because <laughs> then it starts to show your age. <laughs> like, wait, if we do the math. I know. <laughs> Sheriff, yeah. I got to touch on one thing. You, you were absolutely right. Oh, here we right. go. Yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. See, he becomes the interviewer here. Nope. The <laughs> practitioner um, bringing multiple practices. Is, uh, what we do is we encourage uh, the students to take minors in cross-disciplinary. So Fantastic. our CJ students take minors in intelligence. Um, we have uh, a cyber minor that we're creating. So we're, right. we're teaching them, we're saying, look, if you're CJ or Intel, take cyber. And now with the creation of this restorative and social justice minor, we're yes. going to encourage all those students to take that. So right. when they, they do bring to you, when you interview them, right. they can talk among cross disciplines. So you're absolutely right. It has to be uh, more wide open. Absolutely. Hey, Glenn, I want to jump on that. Uh, you know, what you're talking about, bringing those cross disciplines in, yeah, it, it looks great in the interview process. And as chief, de chief deputy, I'm interviewing new recruits, new candidates constantly. But, you know, Deputy Handling's a perfect example. 
you're you're going to end this for a career, you're 20 plus years, and we are going to rely on those skills that you bring to the table. Whether you get them before you get hired, whether you get them during hire or you know, previous military experience, whatever the case may be, that stuff comes into play all the time, and we rely on that. The supervisors, the command staff, we look for those people that have that that extra skill and those those that extra education. And we're going to apply it. We're going to work on your strengths, and we're going to put you in positions where it benefits everybody. And, you know, those are going to be the future leaders of the agency and, and what a skill they bring to the table and how important it is to us to be able to have those those abilities and be able to apply them to these difficult situations. Because just like Deputy Hanlon said, we're asked to be subject matter experts in just about everything. And unfortunately, it's expected now. And we really try to do our best. But uh, coming into to this profession with a skill like that in your background is huge for us. And we're going to take advantage of it. We're going we're gonna to make sure you, you get to use it. I noticed in my uh, – currently I'm just – I'm nearing completion of my doctoral degree. And it's in education. It's not in criminal justice, mm-hmm. um, which would have been the natural transition for me. My bachelor's and master's is CJ. But now that I'm in a, uh, academia – um, I went the doctoral route in education because that is the skill set. That's my new wheelhouse. Right. So you're right. A cross-disciplinary approach to your education and your training sure. just builds stronger skill sets. Yeah, diversify the portfolio, right? It's, it's same thing in our finance class. <laughs> so let's talk, Deputy. How long has it been since we mentioned Snickers? <laughs> Did we, just the laugh. You. That's all you had to do, just the laugh. Yeah. Can you do that on repeat, Matt? Just the laugh. That should be the new intro. The banjo music the, and the, the laugh. The banjo music and the yeah. laughter. That should be I the feel new bad. intro. Tommy Burnett, I feel bad. Tommy, Tommy Burnett gave us that song to do it, and I keep on calling it banjo music, only because of Chief Patterson said it during a podcast once, and I can't get it out of my head. Sorry, Tommy. Wonderful person. So you're sitting up straight. You got that all behind you. I heard you were not. I'm ready. You were not comfortable with this the, this whole podcast thing that you don't like doing this. Is that true? No, I just never done it before. Oh, so it's not that I'm so not comfortable. It's just right. So you're ready to co-host right. next week. I think if we did a new one, I would I would have performed better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. So can yeah. we just we do this one more time? Yeah, Matt, let's start over. <laughs> yeah. the, the, deputy, the deputy of four years in the job is brilliant. <laughs> Damn. I'll talk less. There's no. so many things she wants to change, Sheriff. Yeah, the, yeah. The list is just yeah. yeah. Positive change. Positive change, because change can be negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Change for the sake of change. So, uh, what makes you tick? What do you do when you're uh, not helping Executive Order 203 come to a realization in Monroe County Sheriff's Office and or uh, you know patrolling your car beat and and uh, being a good team player out there in the road? What do you do besides this? Other than work? Yeah. Sure. Um, I spend a lot of time with my family and my friends. Yeah. Fitness is a huge part of my life. So I always maintain fitness. What do you like to do for workouts? So I like to do a lot of cross training. I, oh, yeah. I, I do. I alternate running and the elliptical, yeah. lift, weightlifting, a little bit of cows. Um, doing a lot of high intensity stuff lately. Got to work on that weight before the Christmas right? season comes yeah. around. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like to travel. I'm going to Dominican soon. So oh yeah. Yeah. Is it open? Is it? Uh, it's good. Yeah. We're good for now. It is yeah. open. We do uh, mission trips to Haiti, and we're trying to. Looks like my wife will be able to go in December. We're hoping. Yeah, December yeah. is when we're going. Yeah, yeah, Hopefully, so. things will change. That's good. Um, I do that. I spend a lot of time with my boyfriend. Yeah. I have. A do you want to talk about him on the air? Here sure. That's fine. <laughs> oh, she's definitely negative. looking at you. Negative. 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 Take that back. Do you have his permission? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get a waiver or something. Yes. Ooh, I like this. Let's keep it stirring. 
Um, Are you going to the Dominican with him? Oh. Yes. Okay, just, check, just yes. checking. Yeah. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> I'm trying to start trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, me and my girlfriends are going. <laughs> no. Uh, what else? So let's, uh, you know. Is Snickers an only child? He was. Ooh. Ooh, sorry. nice. I just said the thing. Violence. So he was. He was. He was an only child. What and happened then, there? Um, and then I got a cat. His name is Smokey. He was adopted. All right, so I, I don't say I saved him because I really didn't. The woman that I got him from saved him. So he was adopted, and now I have two dogs on top of the bunny what? and the cat. I do. These My house is a zoo, but it's very clean. They get along? I assure yeah, you. I'm assured. I'm not, yeah. No one's questioning your, <laughs> your hygiene but skills. Whenever I say more than like one or two animals, people assume like, oh, God. Oh, my God, fur all over the place. <laughs> yeah. You got none on your uniform. Yeah, It'll stand out in that blue uniform in yes. two seconds. That's funny. So awesome. two dogs, a cat and a bunny, yeah. get along? They do. All four of them, like, they do. out of cages yeah. and running around the house. Yeah. So the bunny, we got to be a little careful with the German Shepherd because it could hungry. go south. Yeah, that's, that's lunch when you're at work, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but everybody, everybody gets along. I'm very, I'm very happy. They don't bite. They're little lovers, so very wow. good. That's just, yeah. See, we leave on a happy <laughs> note right there. Wow. How about that, Glenn Grano, when you're breaking my rib? But, but that's a different story. Listen, <laughs> So uh, you, you, you obviously teach criminal justice, and the yes. deputy's been through a, a great program at our, at our um, academy just four years ago. You're very familiar with the Miranda warnings. You have a right to remain silent. Yes, sir. Yep, right. And <laughs> so in, in this show, because I'm the sheriff, I create something called the No Miranda Zone, where you don't have a right to remain silent, and you will answer all questions, and we will use them against you. Uh, we're going to rapid-fire these at you. So all you got to do is answer the questions truthfully. Just me? Uh, no, the professor's going to jump in, too, okay. just because I owe him from how many years ago? In our rib store. <laughs> this is true. And uh, so a real simple one. You know, the nickname they gave you around the house, what do they call you around the house, whether here or when you're growing up? Deputy? The Icebox. The Icebox? <laughs> Why? Oh, jeez. You got <laughs> nerves of... No, no. My, I'm just a little bit more cold. Like my you? parents. Yes. Your personality? No. Just, oh, you're I'm always not, cold. I'm not typically emotional or, like, ah. use operate on emotions yeah. or not too sentimental so wow. but i feel Ice like that's box. an asset in this job oh absolutely you yeah, know? Definitely. Like yeah, definitely. <laughs> glenn <laughs> <you got> it. <laughs> nickname they called you around the house growing up or now uh something i could say on the, uh, the podcast <laughs> is it's a nickname that we all call each other it's a dork dork yes. uh. <laughs> dork Dork or Dork A. and Because there's uh, more than one. Yes. Oh, there's multiple dorks in my family. <laughs> there's multiple dorks. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to the show. <laughs> and, and I think I know the answer to this question. It's a real simple one. What's your favorite candy bar, deputy? <laughs> don't say three musketeer your bunny's yeah. named is your bunny named after the, the candy bar absolutely yes it's all right all right oh no <laughs> m&ms m&ms there we go plain no peanuts all day long all right i got three books speed of trust by stephen covey designing and managing a research project and leaders eat last what book would you choose first deputy my first reaction is to go to The Speed of Trust because I'm familiar with Stephen Covey and his other books. Yeah. But I like the second one because it's got a fork on it. Or the third one. It's a fork on it. Another is lunch I time. like to eat. <laughs> it is lunchtime. Thus the high-intensity <laughs> workouts you do yeah, because you like to eat. Yeah. Glenn, I kind of think I know where you're going to go, but I'm not too sure. Were you designing Speed of Trust or Leader? Um, I'm going to definitely go number two. Designing, yeah, yeah, designing the research project. Study. Absolutely. That's good. Well, folks, uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Professor, great to have you back in the World County Sheriff's Thank Office you, Sheriff. in, in your house. You spent many years before we even got here and 
and uh, set a great place. It's a great department, great organization with great yes, people. Yes, it is. And uh, Deputy Hanlon, thanks for stepping up the plate, helping us out with Executive Order 203. Thanks for what you and all the deputies do every night. We do not forget uh, who's pushing those B cars, who's turning the keys inside the jail, who's securing the courthouse. We do nothing. The chief and I do little to nothing, although we're awake a lot. Uh, we don't get the work done you guys do, and we appreciate everything you're doing, especially volunteering for this position to come up and hang out with us. And what are those people doing? Where are those people? And you get to see who we are and what we do. So, And that's the whole idea behind the show, folks, behind the badge, who we are and what we do. And uh, until till next week, uh, have a safe week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.